Welcome, welcome, welcome to Because We Love Motorsport. I'm Shane. I'm uh, someone you might have heard on Behind the Sport before. And joining me is the legendary Sean McCabe. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, Shane. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you on what is a beautiful day. It absolutely is. And uh, this is our very, very first episode slash news dribble <laughs> yes about the thing we love the most which oh, is motorsport absolutely we do yeah motorsport has uh, been my passion for many a year and uh, it's uh, something i just love doing i uh, every time i'm at the track i just feel like i'm one of the drivers or one of the riders i just love the sport and uh, yeah sometimes i you can't shut me up about speaking about it yep and that's exactly why we decided to dribble about because we love motorsport. <laughs> Absolutely. We certainly do love motorsport. And uh, anything you hear us chat about tonight, uh, or we shouldn't shouldn't say tonight, today, whatever, uh, anything you hear, about, hear us dribbling on about, you can absolutely check out full details on the website behindthesport.net because uh, that's pretty much where we post everything up. And uh, this is pretty much just going to be a bit of a wrap of news of motorsport um, around Australia, a little bit of overseas stuff. Um, but, yeah, mainly mainly local stuff. Well, it's been a very busy calendar year so far. We're only into uh, halfway through March, and it has been a very busy calendar year as far as motorsport goes. Yeah, and... Um, I guess we'll kick off with some circuit racing. Um, the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships at Phillip Island was on over the weekend and some amazing categories running, including Trans Am, TCR, S5000, GT World Challenge Pro, Radical Cup. Um, a couple of West Australians uh, race it. Well, one West Australian in the Trans Am and um, young Brock Bolly, who we interviewed on Behind the Sport a little bit ago. And the Radical Cup actually had a rise racing over there with uh, quite a good team. So and from what I hear, they went pretty well. I'm not surprised. A very professional outfit there at Arise Racing up at Wanneroo Raceway, you know, were really, really, really on top of their game. It's yeah. a really magnificent venue. And if you haven't been to Arise Racing, we recommend you go along to Wanneroo Raceway, go up to their, uh, their pit garage and check it out. It is an amazing venue, an amazing setup. And uh, I'm not surprised they're uh, doing as well as they are. Yeah, so um, pretty much I went in the Radical Cup. Uh, Chris Perini from over east was um, the, the man to beat, um, but Adam Lyle and uh, Jordan Noon were nipping on his heels. So uh, that's that's the boss and his um, and the general manager up there. So that was pretty good. Um, and yeah, over I guess a bit of a wrap. Uh, Tram Zam, um, some amazing racing there. Massive fields. Um, poor old Ben Grice had a bit of a spin in the last race. Well, didn't he? Just yeah. well, I reckon his uh, oh, I reckon I reckon his uh, eyes would have been the size of uh, dinner plates there as he went across the infield on uh, just after turn one between turn one and turn two. Yeah, spun uh, out. Um, did did the whole three sixty, but managed to uh, slot himself back into a spot and. No incident. No. Uh, I think we were all, ex uh, you know, when we saw him heading off the track, we thought, oh, this could end badly. But uh, badly, yeah. he managed to find a nice little gap. And uh, I think he really only lost three or four spots. Um, found himself on the outside of turn two. Uh, but, yeah, it was one of those ones where when you first saw it, you thought, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And because uh, West Australian Brock Broly was over there, 
Um, bit of an unfortunate weekend for him, but uh, he'll be back in Western Australia this weekend to regroup and get get some more track time in, in his lovely number 33. Yeah, well, it's a magnificent step up when you think he's been racing saloon cars over recent years and to step up to the uh, to the big powerful V8s. Yeah, that's um, also left-hand drive also, the TO2. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, huge step forward, but um, a really good racing family and, uh, yeah, a, a huge step up is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now, someone might shoot me because I'm probably going to get terminology wrong, and I say this all the time in the podcast, uh, the main podcast, is I'm not the technical guy when it comes to motorsport, but I'm pretty sure they don't have a rear linkage or something like that on the Trans Ams. Yes. Yep. I got that right? I think so. Oh, yeah, I think I did too. Uh, and so that actually makes the car pretty slight, back-end slight happy. Uh, and, you know, in the wet, they're, they're a bit of a beast, uh, according to Ron Moller, another West Australian who sometimes races over East. But, um, yeah, moving forward in the uh, Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships, all the unfortunate acronym SMAC, um, who can be talking SMAC? <laughs> <laughs> um, you got in TCR, Fabian Coulthard, um, pretty much topped the, topped the calendar for the week. Uh, Joey Mawson in the S5000, uh, he's one point behind Tim Macro. Uh, and two ahead of Cooper Webster and James Golding, respectively. So, S five thousands, you know, brilliant race category, and again, you know, such tight racing for those that sort of points. You know, when I mean, it is only the second round, but still. Yeah, they're another really good concept cars. They were uh, built, I think, what just on two years ago by Gary Rogers Motorsport there in Victoria. And we've had all sorts of uh, competitors. We've had some international competitors. I think even Rubens Barrichello come across uh, from Europe to uh, to race. And that's really good to have that sort of a racer in the category um, where the other younger racers in the uh, the S five thousands can learn from that sort of uh, guy. And you know, when you race against him, you see his his techniques, his tactics. Uh, it's a Real positive for the uh, for that category. Absolutely, um, GT World Challenge um, in the pro am. Um, there's a, there's five categories in the GT World Challenge, and some of them only have three entrants. So I'm not really going to bother with those ones. Um, the pro am, I guess, is where it at. And um, Shahin, uh, who is one of the owners of the Bend, yes, uh, and Myers, uh, basically we're up against. Talbot and Mostert for the whole weekend, and uh, they're actually now equal in the champion. Well, they are equal in the championship, so they got one win apiece for the weekend. Um, and yeah, that there was a couple of other little categories, but yeah, those were the main ones to sort of focus on. Um, and locally, Western Australia, there was um, the combined sports time attack speed event series. Uh, which is pretty cool. Like they get some really bizarre cars out there sometimes. Um, there was one event they actually had a side-by-side off-road car get uh, scrutinized and permitted to go out. Yes, lovely. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but Tom Hamlet, who another one we've interview, inter- interviewed on the uh, main podcast before, um, he was handed the keys to Cosi saw Giovanni's V8 Delara, which is an absolute oh, beast. Oh, imagine that, being lucky enough to drive that. Yeah. <laughs> so his lap time's around Wanneroo because he's usually in an Excel or, you know, yes. well above the one minute. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and he was well below the one minutes in this well uh, Delara. Yeah. 53 seconds consistently. 53. That is fast. That yeah. is super fast. I, I think your V8 supercar or Virgin Australia supercars, we know it today, probably around the 55 seconds uh, during qualifying, maybe 57 to 58 during the race. So that's extremely quick. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, he looked a bit uncomfy in the seat, and I ran into uh, Brent Peters from Lux Performance a bit later, and he actually mentioned to me that uh, the reason he looked uncomfy is because he was trying to fit into Cozzy's seat uh, moulding rather than Tom's. It's funny. I can imagine uh, myself, uh, you know, if I had a seat moulded for myself and uh, someone like Tommy Hamlet was sitting at, he'd be like in a, in, in a big lounge chair, for instance, you know, he'd yeah. be sliding around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was sort of perched up and out of the car. So, yeah, it might be interesting to see what happens. Um, and something else which was out there was pretty cool was a guy, uh, we had uh, Robin Mullet, uh, home built V8 Sylvia doing 60 second laps. That's impressive. Home-built V8 Sylvia. Yeah. Cool. And, then, and that's the thing, you know, that's the thing about the Time Attack and Speed Event Series um, you know, categories is that you can basically almost run whatever um, as long as it's not leaking oil and of course. A death trap. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Past scrutineering, that's really all that's required, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, look, you know, there's obviously plenty of other circuit racing happening around Australia, um, but... You know, we, we put some feelers out. We ask for some news if no one sends it to us. Well, they're the they're the ones that are missing out on the publicity and the yep. uh, yeah, the presentation of their categories. Absolutely. So hopefully, you know, if you guys, if you're running a category or an event or something and you want to get on, drop us a line through the behindthesport.net website and we'll absolutely get you on. And um Straight line stuff now. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, it's been an action-packed uh, 2021-22 drag racing season at the Perth Motorplex. That's one I can relate to. I was also lucky enough to be at the Australian Drag Racing Championship uh, during uh, June of uh, last year. Uh, Sorry, during July up in uh, the Northern Territory where I uh, was able to commentate the uh, round at the round one at Hidden Valley and round two at um, Alice Springs, and it's been a you know it's been a huge season. Of course, then we started at the Perth Motorplex uh, back in uh, in in October, and it's just been it's just been full on, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, drag racing being the most powerful uh, motorsport on on earth, effectively, and uh, we just recently had the fifty first annual Western Nationals, which is our big one, and that's also round four of the Australian Drag Racing Championship uh, at the Perth. Motorplex and it ran over two days at being March the 5th and 6th, only two weeks ago. And up for grabs was the Andra Gold Christmas Tree, a much sought after trophy, I can assure you. And uh, I think you've got some that are, well, they've got a, quite a collection, like uh, John Zapier, for instance, quite a collection <laughs> of uh, Andra Gold Christmas trees. Um, but some other uh, really good things that, that happened on the day was uh, I talk about uh, one of the famous names of drag racing in West Australia, the Treasure family and Daryl Treasure who's um, uh, an absolute legend of the sport. He has been trying for donkey's years to win a, an Andrew Christmas tree. He won one a gold Andrew's Christmas tree. He won one last year and he backed it up again this year in Modified and that was one of the highlights of the race meeting I can assure you for such a such a nice gentleman uh, to win back to back Andrew Gold Christmas trees in Modified. The treasures are, treasures are everywhere at that venue. They it? certainly are. Yeah. Helping run the venue, the, you oh. know, racing, you got um, 
Jay Treasure out taking photos as well. Yes, indeed. Um, yep, absolutely everywhere. Absolutely. And, of course, Ray Treasure being the uh, uh, the boss, basically. He's the manager of the drag racing side of the Perth Motorplex and a nicer gentleman you wouldn't find anywhere else. Um, he's the heart and soul of it. And, you know, uh, when I first started, at the uh, Perth Motorplex, a commentator, one of the uh, one of the other commentators said to me, he said, "We refer to Ray Treasure as Uncle Ray." Uncle Ray. Now, when your boss <laughs> is Uncle Ray, you know it's it's an absolute pleasure to be working there at the Mo- Perth Motorplex on the drag racing side. It's um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him. And just one of the other treasures I want to mention uh, in competition, which is Group Two, which is uh, has the class handicap system. Sam Treasure in the altered Ford nineteen twenty three T bucket. Uh, he has a class handicap index of a five ninety five, and he delivered a five eighty seven with a three at three hundred. 75 kilometres an hour. Now, that is a record. And uh, so it just goes to show you uh, whether they be um, running the drag racing or drag race themselves. You know, when I mentioned Daryl Treasure, now Sam Treasure, uh, setting a new record out there for competition in the 23 T-Buck at Altered. Yeah, amazing family. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, a few other things that happened. We had the Nitro Max out there, which is the uh, – we had Andrew Catavatis on board the 1969 Chevy Camaro Beach Bomb. Uh, he took on uh, Michael Brooks in the Nitro Mayhem front-engine dragster, and that was a, an amazing uh, battle there. And uh, Andrew Catavatis went on to win that with a uh, five – 56 with an eight second pass at 415 kilometers an hour. Um, absolutely amazing. The best pass was uh, Andrew a little bit earlier on during uh, uh, during eliminations where he delivered a 543 with a one over the uh, over the quarter mile at 431 kilometers an hour. Wow. Absolutely amazing to see. And currently in uh, the WA Nitro Max, Andrew Catavatis is in first place with 275 points, and the Northern Territorian Matt A. Abel is in second place with 230 points. And okay. Just another one to mention was the top door slammers. Uh, mentioned uh, uh, John Zapier having so many Andrew Gold Christmas trees on his on his mantelpiece or in the pool room or in the, uh, the cellar wherever he stores them. And uh, he delivered a uh, not he, he drives a sorry he drives a 1971 Holden Monaro a HQ Holden Monaro GTS, and he had the most amazing final run there with uh, Daniel Gregorini in the 1970. 68 Chevy Camaro, and I just got to read these out for you. Daniel Gregorini took victory with a 573 at a four at 400 and sorry at 409.94 kilometers an hour. He defeated John Zapier, who delivered a 572 with an eight at 409 and 409.29.29, uh, I should say, kilometres. Um, so it would all come down to reaction time, and because Daniel Gregorini had a better reaction time, he took victory. But across the stripe, there was, I think, two feet across the stripe at uh, when you got two cars side by side uh, at 409 kilometres an hour. Absolutely amazing sight, and that's why we absolutely love our, dra- our drag racing there at the Perth Motor Plan. Yeah, and I mean over over east, um, what's going on over there with drag racing and the the Andrea IHRA Sydney dragway thing seems to be finally solved, and hopefully they'll just get back to to racing over there and. 
oh, gee, you're darn right about that. And in actual fact, we just come off the Mildura Twilight Nationals, yep. uh, which is we had, I think, uh, five West Australians out there and uh, winning the Summit Racing Equipment Junior Dragsters was Brody Zapier of WA. Yeah, nice. Absolutely brilliant. He uh, He's, um, you know, the number one racer as far as the junior dragsters, and he's still got another season in him. So next season he'll be able to race junior dragsters also. Uh, so he's still a very young man, just starting an apprenticeship, by the way, and uh, doing very well at that. So Brody Zapier from WA defeated uh, Sarah Osborne uh, from Victoria. It was magnificent. Uh, in competition bike, Phil Patton defeated Gordon Crawford, two West Australians. Uh, Phil Patton on board the um, uh, the the Suzuki uh, GSXR, and he def defeated Gordon Crawford on board the nitrous oxide boosted Kawasaki ZX12. That was in competition bike, and a couple of other good mentions was uh, Albie Bakrinich uh, in top sportsman. Uh, he qualified second, uh, but got knocked out a little bit early on in the eliminations, unfortunately. And uh, Marty Mirko, who is the reigning national super sedan champion, he qualified ninth. Um, but was uh, 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 eliminated in round one. But nonetheless, it's uh, absolutely amazing uh, exhibition by the West Australians and a long way to go over to Mildura given that uh, they've just come off the Western Nationals and this weekend we have round four of the Nitro Max, the Perth yeah. Motorplex. So they're covering a lot of uh, lot of kilometres. Yeah, and uh, speaking of people that don't cover a lot of kilometres, Speedway. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, Speedway uh, always lives up to its uh, reputation as being a, a really competitive uh, sport and uh, currently um, you know the Perth Motorplex we just had the uh, TD Flat Silver Cup just on the, on the weekend there at Super Speedway at, uh, and the Maddington Toyota Sprint Cars uh, the winner there was uh, Daniel Harding from uh, Dane Kingshot Chris Coyle in third place with uh, Jason Kendrick back in fourth a magnificent racing there and in the feature race the 30 lap feature Race. It was Brad Mayolo from Daniel Harding and Callum Williamson got himself on the podium. Uh, we look down to the late models. We have, of course, how about this for a famous name, Vosbergen, Brent Vosbergen. Uh, he defeated Co Cody Brown and Warren Oldfield in third place. And down to the speed cars, well, Tom Poyette, or Tom Payette, I should say, from uh, Caden Manders and Keenan Fleming. So, uh, yeah, the Speedway is absolutely amazing. And uh, I know uh, it's it's raced pretty much every weekend, whether it be in Mora or down in Bunbury. They've just done some modifications to the uh, safety down in Bunbury. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a thumping sport and uh, very, very popular with Super Speedway. Yeah, so uh, over east um, at Alexandra Speedway, um, yeah, some pretty big bingles actually <laughs> in, in a few of the – Few of the races over there. Um, uh, Dennis Reed apparently ran straight into the back of a guy called Reese Collins after his car broke down. Um, but yeah, pretty much. Um, where are we? We've sort of loaded. Yeah, uh, Dylan Barrow uh, took out the Junior Open Sedans final. Um, Will Fallon uh, won the Junior Sedans. So, you know, like there's some really great weight racing happening over East now. I'm, I'm going to hopefully not offend anyone, but uh, so apparently some big news that came out of over East, um, and I don't know this guy, but um, we were sent quite a few links to this, was a, a guy, Spud Elliott, was returning to racing over East. Um, 
on the weekend uh, in his FG Ford Falcon um, Speedway sedan. So, yep. Um, yeah, haven't heard how he went, but um, yeah, it, it, somewhere over in Queensland. So I do apologise. I've, I've been given so many links to it. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, no results, but hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens next time. Yeah, the speedway is massive all around Australia. It's uh, huge here in WA, and uh, yeah, massive. It's also very big up in the, the Northern Territory, up at the um, uh, speedway track just up there in Hidden Valley. I know that, uh, sure, they have you know, rainy season at the moment. It's not doing a lot of racing at the moment, but nonetheless, it's uh, very competitive racing all around Australia, and uh, occasionally you get to see the uh, speedway from uh, on TV, for instance, from overseas, and it is just first class. It's uh, And it's great because when you look at uh, where speedway came from here in WA, obviously at the Claremont Showgrounds going back prior to the year 2000 and of course the drag racing was at uh, Ravenswood prior to 2000 the Mayosevich family got together along with uh, some other interested parties and uh, got the Perth Motorplex going yeah. up in 2000 and uh, we now have both sports combined in the same venue, they're able to use the same pits, it's been a win-win uh, for Speedway and drag racing here in Western Australia Mm. Now, uh, speaking of West Australian and maybe not some wins, poor old Daniel Ricciardo in the Formula oh, 1. Oh, gee. 14th. Well, yeah, I know. But uh, having – look, I want to stand up for him in that uh, he was coming off a positive COVID um, – you know scenario, yeah, and but, he's, but he's not he's not pulling a Lewis Hamilton and seeing using that as the excuse though. Uh, well, there's some definite car issues. Yeah, oh look, there's yeah, absolutely the with, with the old, Mc, the old oh. McLarens, which uh, is unfortunate to see. Well, that's right. I mean, the McLarens very disappointing. Um, and in actual fact, it was Oscar Piastri who was uh, going to replace Daniel Ricciardo. Could he not have competed? Yeah. And Oscar, uh, being the uh, F2 champion from last season, also another Australian. That would have been uh, good to have an Australia step in for an Australian. But, yeah, Daniel, gee, yeah, just disappointing. Didn't qualify well. Um, you know, people are saying, well, maybe it's the Mercedes engines uh, that worked well for the Mercedes teams with Hamilton and Russell. But uh, apart from that, you know, a lot of the other uh, engines just didn't really perform well, including the Hondas also. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the, the Mercedes only ended up up the top because of the failures with the uh, Red Bulls. So, well, that is true. That's a good point. So the Honda, you know, the Red Bull Hondas were were actually going pretty well. And from what we've heard, now there's a bit of a rumor going around. Yeah, is that the rumor was that Red Bull actually had no fuel left, oh. and they used some wording saying that it was a fuel pickup issue. However, that's interesting. Christian, Christian Horner has come out and said very defiantly, "No, we definitely had fuel left." It was definitely a fuel pickup issue that was mechanical, not related to us not having any fuel. Wow, that is interesting. Wow. Very, very okay. interesting choice of words, I thought. Yeah, indeed. Yes, yeah. But, um, yeah, so oh. obviously because the cars broke down, I don't believe they had to go through Park Ferme afterwards um, and be tested for fuel and all that. So, um, yeah, whether or not they had fuel is is interesting, but... That's very interesting, yeah. Because the, the fuel uh, pump that you're talking about in questions actually one used on all the cars. Gotcha, yeah. So either they implemented it wrongly um, or where they've put it is wrong, so who knows. Mm. Um, and, of course, it was um, 
uh, Pierre Gasly had the fire. Indeed, that was another Honda and that's engine. Another Honda. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like, I don't. It didn't look like fuel, um, but again, you know, they were fairly quick with the extinguishers. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. And it was almost the same place where Roman Grosjean went into the barrier as well. Exactly, and that was a horrible accident. But yeah, uh, yeah so. just to see the car on fire there for Pierre Gasly. He was able to exit the car nice and uh, neatly and quickly, yeah. which is just as well. It goes to show you the, the safety factors of the car. But, yeah, I just watched the uh, replay, and as he come around turn two, I think it was, literally the lights went out on the dash. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was just, just prior to the fire starting, at least that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Honda power plant uh, certainly struggled with both the uh, the Red Bulls and uh, and Gasly and the Alfa Tori. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Ferrari first uh, one, two in quite oh, a while. Wasn't it magnificent? Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And, I think um, uh, a lot of us bleed red, uh, you know, whether it be the Holdens or the Ferraris. You know, Ferrari's <laughs> such a popular car. I mean, when you look in the uh, the spectators, for instance, you've got so many uh, Max Verstappen supporters in, uh, in orange and you've always got your Ferraris and your Red Bull, of course, are very popular. Uh, Red Bull sponsors so many sports, uh, yeah. so many motorsports. Uh, but, yeah, Ferrari is just great to see them up the pointy end. I mean, they've been down in the dumps for, I suppose, oh, what, eight? maybe nearly 10 years yep. really struggling right off the pace but it was uh, it's really good to say to see but i think you make a good point in that um, you know the red bulls really and the honda power plant sort of let the red bulls down and maybe that could have been a different scenario and of course max verstappen tried a, a few dives under charles leclerc yeah. charles leclerc i should say um, a few times and that may have uh, got himself a flat spot on one of the front tires it may have affected his uh, his run but uh, good tactics by Ferrari. As soon as Red Bull come into the pits, the next lap Ferrari came in. Yeah, look, uh, and I, I think um, the the biggest thing to take away from this first race is um, the they were spruiking. You know, the new regulations will make racing closer. Yeah, and being able to follow cars. And at no stage did we hear any radio calls and or see it. Um, where they'd been told to back away from the car in front and stop challenging. Yeah. You know, Max just kept going and going and going. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, so, yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see what happens. And, of course, the the other thing, um, you know, as we sort of wrap up with Formula One, um, Kevin Magnussen in the Haas, what a what a fairy tale for the Haas team, you know, to come in fifth. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. That was, uh, you know, there's another team that's been struggling over the years, um, and he's just come back. To, well, come back to the sport. Obviously, he's been racing, but uh, to step back into Formula One, and as you say, fifth. And uh, the other one I really was impressed with, obviously George Russell, goes to show you that he's right up there in his talent coming fourth, and the other Mercedes. Uh, but Valtteri Bottas now stepping down from the Mercedes into the Alfa Romeo. Mayo, that's another new car for him, but he comes sixth. I thought it was another great effort. But, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Driver of the day was Kevin Magnussen. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, moving ahead, coming up um, locally this weekend, we've got the Saturday and Sunday down in Collie Motorplex. Yes. The uh, icebreaker. Um, back up at Wanneroo, there's the Nishi D. Uh, drag race, uh, drag racing. Whoops, uh, <laughs> some of it is drag racing. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that. Uh, initially, the drifting uh, event, which um, yeah, beautiful event put on by the drift school WA guys. 
um, just really cool. They try and make it, you know, very close to Japanese sort of drifting culture events as yeah, possible. Yes. Um, and yeah, always all smiles and yeah, you know, no politics, no no dramas. No, no indeed. Um, Formula One heads to Saudi Arabia. Um, so back to back race there. There's 22 races this year, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, certainly will. Uh, supercars are in Tasmania. Yeah, that's going to be good. I love the uh, Tasmanian track, uh, 2.41 kilometres, same length as uh, Wanneroo Raceway, but uh, it brings always brings some good racing. And it'd be interesting in uh, the Launceston weather this time of the year. Uh, Launceston can be a little bit cool and damp, sort of heading towards uh, May, June and July, but uh, in March, it'll hmm, be interesting. Hopefully it'll be a nice sunny day. And uh, Perth Motorplex, what's happening up there? What's well, happening in drags and speedway around the country that you well, can tell us? Well, I can assure you we've got a massive event coming up at the Perth Motorplex. It is the Nitro Max and the Summer Slam. So the Nitro Max, we've got uh, four uh, Nitro methane-powered uh, front-engine drags. We've got uh, Matt Abel from the Northern Territory on board the Pontiac. Uh, Trans Am, Michael Brooks, uh, we've got Andrew Catavatis on board Beach Bomb, and Kyle Putland, and we should speak about Kyle Putland one day. I know you've done an interview with him. We sure have. But uh, there's a good uh, thing with Kyle Putland coming up as we head into Top Fuel, which is the 8th and 9th of April. But, yeah, the Summer Slam series is uh, is heating up, and uh, that's going to be absolutely huge. And uh, John Zappier currently leading the Summer Slam series um, from, uh, I think, yeah, Daniel Gregorini in second place. Uh, but We've got uh, 137 competitors coming out. It's going to be a massive day, and that's coming up on Saturday, March the 26th at the Perth Motorplex, and uh, I'll be there with bells on, I can assure you. And I'll be down in Collie with layers of jumpers on and a raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, uh, Collie and March can be uh, a little a little on the chilly side. but uh, Absolutely. Yeah, Collie, lovely place. A great track too. Uh, it's nice since it's been extended um, to the uh, to the length it has been. Um, yeah, good venue. And it's really good to uh, give the drivers a second circuit to race at. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, anyone that wants to get their motorsport news on here, head over to the website behindthesport.net. Thanks for joining today, Sean. Um, it's great to have you on board with this little project. And, um, yeah, we'll catch up next week for another round of this. That'd be magnificent. Thank you very much, Shane. Thanks for the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, good afternoon, good evening, guys. Um, stay safe, look after yourselves. Mm-hmm.